focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, and welcome back to what is perhaps the least exciting slash most exciting episode of Processing College Football. This is our episode number 16 early bowl preview i guess these are the early bowls uh we're not really reviewing anything but this is processing college football the college football podcast designed to educate and entertain i'm your host jason randazza with me as always is mark mark how are you mark bad connection oh Oh, right. I got an email. Mark's out this week. Um, I have someone filling in for him. Adam Rogers. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for welcoming into your home. And listeners, thank you for welcoming me into your ears. All right. Uh, I would say we're glad to have you here, but um, it, it remains to be seen. We'll we'll talk about it maybe again in another thirty minutes or so. Appreciate I, the confidence. Yeah, As I said, this is our early bowl preview podcast. Um, but before we get started, as always, if you have questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to discuss uh, or terms you want us to define, feel free to send them in. You can find us on Twitter at processing cfb or send us a Gmail processingcollegefootball at gmail.com. So Adam, uh, you're filling in for our resident expert, Mark Catlin, so I hope you're up to the task. I just have one term I want you to define this Mm -hmm. week. Okay, Okay. lay it on me. All right, the term is interloper. Something just, I don't know, uh, I I feel like it was was running around in my head as of about 30 seconds ago. You know, this is a term that I've heard before, but not really in the context of college football. Um, When I've heard of it before, it's usually meaning somebody that either through their speech or their money or something, they're able to pretend that they're in a class above the one that they're actually in. Mm -hmm. So they truly don't belong. So my guess is that if we're talking about interlopers in terms of college football, it's, you know, a team that doesn't belong. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when you're talking about the playoffs, I think there are a few teams that you could, or one specifically, that you could question if they belong. There's been a lot of commentary about Georgia and whether they're truly one of the four elite teams. They do seem like they could be the interloper. Oh. Yeah. um, I mean, in terms of the four teams that you have, all of the three others have actually been in the playoffs before. Um, I think Clemson's been in the playoffs every year except one. Alabama's been in every year. Oklahoma was in once. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Georgia's always a contender, but, you know, they've never quite pulled it off, or at least not recently. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I think I understand why they're they're getting some flack. But honestly, I feel like of the teams in the playoffs that if you had your pick of who to face, you might actually pick Alabama. Uh-huh. Okay. You don't you don't know any other reason I might be thinking about interlopers right now. 
No. No. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate your, your hot takes on the, the playoff. <laughs> um, although this is our early bowl preview, so let's uh, roll back time just a couple weeks to talk about some of the most exciting games uh, of this weekend uh, and least exciting games of the entire bowl season. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun. Throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. Let me just say, I I love college football, and most people don't know this about me, um, but I even have my own college football podcast. (laughs) Uh, but I'm not sure how much of any of these games I plan on watching uh, still. Since it is the only college football happening, it would be irresponsible of us, I think, not to cover it. I would, I would like to point out that there are no unexciting college football games. There's just an exciting commentary about college football games. (laughs) All right. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, It's really funny because we're recording this at around 2 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, December 16th. And there's actually a college football game happening right now. But we're going to preview it uh, as if we know nothing about it because I don't think either one of us actually does. I just woke up 30 minutes ago. Yeah. All right. So the first game I want to talk about with you, if you're ready, are you ready for some some bowl previews? I I believe so. Yeah. You know, I guess we do previews and reviews on this show, but if the game's happening right now, it's more of just a view. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, let's start with a, a bowl view. Um, the first bowl is the New Orleans Bowl. It is 1.30 p.m. is when it started. It's happening right now. It is North Texas versus Troy. Troy being a touchdown favorite. So North Texas is a team that barely beat UAB in the last 30 seconds of a game earlier this year. Uh, And because of that season-defining 30 seconds, UAB was kept out of the Conference USA championship game. They both had the same record in the division, but North North Texas had the the tiebreaker head-to-head. So I I have nothing I want more than for them to lose to Troy by a million points. Uh, Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. North Texas is obviously a better team than LSU, which Troy beat earlier this year. Um, So Troy will struggle a bit until they can get up to tempo. I I think the final score I'm looking at is 28-24. to 28 to 24. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be a good game. Um, North Texas, they have a really good quarterback, Mason Fine, which, let's face it, that's like the most quintessential Southern quarterback name. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, um, he's only a sophomore, has been putting up really good numbers this year. Um, at the same time, Troy has an amazing defense. Um, this year alone, they have 36 sacks, 15 interceptions, but. The stat that I find the most impressive is that they have allowed no play over 50 yards. So when you look at North Texas, they have that air raid style of offense. Sure. So you I just have to it. ask how that's going to match up against the Troy defense. I, I have Troy winning it. What, what effect do you think that the, the environment playing in New Orleans is going to, to have on, on these two teams? I mean... Troy went to the New Orleans area earlier this year and had mm-hmm. a lot of success. Yeah, I think that, that kind of prepares them. I don't know, for a city like New Orleans or Las Vegas, when you're going there for a bowl game, you kind of have to wonder about... I think the city itself is a factor because, you know, players could be going out and getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Plenty of temptation in a city like the Big Easy. Right. 
No, that that's fair. Um, and coming from a place like Troy, mm, uh, where there's where, nothing to do. No, it's much the same environment. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 a fair point. But since this is uh, neither a preview nor a review, uh, I actually have the ability to give a live update. So, what's your final score? I I don't have score productions. You've never listened to this podcast before. I've listened once or twice. <laughs> um, let's say thirty-five, twenty-one, Troy. Troy. Okay. Well, you are much uh, more on track to being right because it is the beginning of the second quarter, and Troy is up twenty-two to seven. So hmm. unless they take their foot off the pedal, they're probably going to blow past that twenty-eight points I was giving them. Great, and I'm on the way to one and zero. All right, next, let's talk about the Cure Bowl. Uh, the Cure Bowl takes place in, actually, I have no idea, Arizona? No. Sounds fine. I don't know. doesn't matter. It's starting here in about 28 minutes. It's a 2.30 game. Uh, so by the time you listen to this podcast, it will probably be over. Um, the Cure Bowl is decked out in pink because the thing that they are purportedly working to cure is breast cancer, and people who have breasts really love pink, uh, <laughs> myself included. Uh, I wouldn't know Western Kentucky from a hole in the ground, which is apparently the nickname of their campus, but I can tell you this. If you drew a map on the state and bisected it vertically, I think I could tell you which half of the state the campus is in. I think, <laughs> as long as you bisected it roughly equally. Um, and Georgia State is in Atlanta. Now, equipped with all of that knowledge about these two teams, uh, I'm going to tell you who will definitively win. Um, it's going to be Western Kentucky, 35 to 20. This is incredibly awkward because I'm going to have to disagree with you. Um, I have Georgia State winning it. It's going to be their first bull victory. I think the team really wants it. Um, but aside from the emotional factor, I think what's going to do it is that Western Kentucky is really a one-sided team. Um, so they really just have the pass. Um, they're actually last in the country in rushing. Mm -hmm. um, that makes it pretty easy for the Georgia State defense. Okay. Um, they pretty much know what's coming on every play. Um, and also Western Kentucky, they've given up 40 sacks this year. So if I was their quarterback, I would probably just retire. How, how many how many sacks has Georgia State given up? I don't have that stat at hand. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, apparently, the Cure Bowl is located. It's the Auto Nation Cure Bowl, and it's located in Orlando. Um, so, uh, how how will how will Disney World play into this game? It will definitely be a factor. I mean, much like New Orleans, it's full of sun. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Especially those secret apartments on Main Street that I think Oprah stays in. <laughs> cocaine parties or something. I don't know. Sorry, oh. Oprah. She's going to crush us now. I should add it this Yeah, I, I was going to ask if you have a lawyer because, I don't know. <laughs> I think we should just point out that this, is, this entire show is satire. <laughs> That's right. It is. Uh, now, on the other hand, if Oprah wants to come on the show and talk about that secret apartment above Main Street. I would love to hear about it. Yeah, or invite us, you know. Yeah. Better way to <laughs> sure. learn about it than firsthand. We can go to the Auto Nation Cure Bowl together, as long as you invite us in the next 20 minutes. Yeah, I think Oprah goes every year. <laughs> All right. Um, she does like pink. Okay, uh, you are wrong. Western Kentucky is definitely going to win because they are four-and-a-half-point favorites here. 
uh, and I gave them 15 points. Mm -hmm. So let's move on and talk about the Las Vegas Bowl. This is a 3.30 p.m. game between Mm -hmm. Boise and Oregon, and Oregon, nearly a touchdown favorite. Uh, The notes I have on this game are what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Moving on. All right, the New Mexico Bowl. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you can talk no. about the, the Las pretty, Vegas Bowl. I'm pretty excited about this game, Boise State and Oregon. They mm-hmm. played twice before. Um, what years? I think the this last year? Ga- last game was 2009, and okay. I think before that maybe 2006, 2007. Sure. Um, yeah, so the last game, it was actually uh, Chip Kelly's first game mm-hmm. as Oregon's coach. Um, his coaching debut, they lost to Boise State. Mm-hmm. Um, this will actually be the coaching debut for Mario Cristobal. Okay, but so don't sure skip I'm... ahead. That's uh, on our notes to talk about later. Right, won't talk about it too much. But I'm sure Boise State is hoping it, hoping to uh, give him a similar welcome as they did uh, for Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about the role that the city could play, um, Boise State has been to the Las Vegas Bowl four times before. So, And how many have they won? Unsure. Okay. It seems weird that you know that they went there four times, but not their record competing Mm -hmm. there. Yes. Also, the last time that they played, there was apparently an epic fight at the end of the game. Between? Between Boise State and Oregon. I think... Oh, the last time they played. Okay, so not the last time Boise State was on the team and punched somebody. Wow. All right. Who won the fight? I would guess LeGarrette Blunt. Okay. Therefore, uh, Boise State. <laughs> Boise State, by default. I feel like if you land a hit, you know, that's a victory. People sure. have helmets on. Not sure. an easy target. So, okay. That that seems a little unfair. You, you, you'd think that Boise State would have given Oregon at least one of those wins, either the fight or the mm-hmm. game itself. Um, maybe, maybe Boise State gave them the trophy afterwards. Uh, should we talk about the New Mexico Bowl? Are we not going to make predictions? Oh, shoot. Yeah, go ahead. Make your prediction. Um, I'm going to pick Boise State. I think they probably feel disrespected because, you know, they're playing Oregon, who, you know, they're not a conference champion. I think they have five losses this year. Um, Boise State's a good team. They beat Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon, they're actually, um, their running back, Royce Freeman, is setting the game out oh. to prepare himself for the NFL draft. Ah. What's your opinion on that in general? I get it. I mean, this bowl is a crappy bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, stakes aren't super high. Sure. You know? why, why risk the injury? Why risk millions of dollars? Yeah. But, I, I mean, I'll tell you this. Personally, I have never sat out a bowl game yeah. to prepare for the NFL. Like, yeah, have I? And I wouldn't. It's No, it's um, it's it's an integrity thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what was your what was your spread? What was your line? You know, I'll take Boise State by seven. I don't think it'll be an easy one. I think that I think Oregon will win. Uh, although I don't have any good reason for picking them. I mean, as you said, they they have a, a brand new coach. Mm-hmm. But I think most of the kids on that team uh, viewed. Willie Taggart as kind of an interloper. He really only came yeah. for a year and then he left. So. Uh, so they're probably, you know, perfectly fine that he's not there. Everything was a little uncomfortable. They were always, like, looking at their feet, like, what's this guy doing here? Mm-hmm. I wish he'd leave already. And now he has. So they're really going to show us what they're made of. Um, I'm going to say Oregon's going to win this one 41 to 35. You think they're going to do it for the new coach? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Cristobal. Yeah. <laughs> I just love saying that name. I mean, Cristobal. It, here's here's another one of my conspiracy theories. So I don't know if you listen to the podcast about Michigan State doing well because of the slanting sea, but Christo, Cristobal. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the trophy for the national champion in the BCS era? It was a crystal football. It was a crystal ball. Yes. I think this guy is destined to win <laughs> a championship prior to 2013. Yes. I mean, it would be better if he was named something that reflects the new trophy, but yeah. I don't even know what that word would be. I, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's phallic, slightly vaginal. You know? This is a family show, but it does look a little bit yeah. like the female anatomy yeah. with stitches in it. Right. Not <laughs> not to go too far off topic. Um, it's, it's, a ba- it's a bad trophy. Um, anyway... So we can now talk a little bit about the next game, the New Mexico Bowl. <laughs> None of these seem to have any strong sponsors associated with them. New Mexico Bowl, I think, happens in New Mexico, though. Mm-hmm. So this is a 4.30 p.m. game starting a couple hours here between Colorado State and Marshall. Mm-hmm. So Colorado State is slightly more than a field goal favorite here. They played against Alabama earlier this year and lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Marshall is a decent team in their own right. Mm-hmm. They have a movie that's <laughs> several years old at this point. But um, I don't know. What do you think about this game? Yeah, it's, you know, on paper it doesn't look like an exciting game. Both teams have pretty mediocre records. Um, I think that Colorado State probably has the edge just because uh, they have played some really tough teams. As you mentioned, they played Alabama. Mm-hmm. They played Colorado, who's their in-state rival. Uh, barely lost to Boise State. Also lost to Wyoming. Those are some good teams that they lost to. Um, at the same time, Wy- or, um, Marshall, mm-hmm. I think they're probably a better team than their record lets on because they lost their last three games by eight points combined. So, mm-hmm. you know. They were just a few points away from having a much better record and probably going to a much better bowl. Almost certainly. I mean, playing today is uh, not preferable. Now, Marshall, where are they located? Is that Texas? West Virginia. West Virginia. Similar to Western Kentucky. You know, I've never actually seen that movie. I mention it, but uh, (laughs) I've never seen it. I never saw it either. I remember Matthew Fox was on it at the height of Lost's popularity. Um, okay. I'm assuming they either won at the end of it or they learned a very important lesson about what it means to be a man. I've never seen it and I don't really know the plot, but I assume that everyone died in a plane crash. No, that was probably at the beginning of the movie. I think a plane crash. Is this true or are you confusing it with alive? (laughs) Do the martial (laughs) football players eat each other? That's what I'm wondering. I might be totally mistaken, but I think... Maybe the team is in a plane crash, and then they rebuild the team afterwards. Is this true? I, I have no idea. We, we should actually <laughs> guess at the entire plot of the movie, and then watch it and see how far off we are. I'd be up for that. <laughs> well, we can think a little bit about what happens after that plane crash. And just to clarify, I'm going to feel terrible if that's true. Yeah, I, I feel bad already. I think yeah. we should clarify that we're laughing at the absurdity of talking about this movie that we don't know the plot to about. and not laughing at the incredible tragedy. No, no. Which may or may not have happened. It may, it may not have. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, so, moving on. 
we can talk about uh, the Camilla. Ca Camellia. Camellia okay. bowl. I should actually know how to pronounce that because that's the state flower of Alabama. I thought it was the yellow hammer. That's the bird, state bird of Alabama. Oh. Really? The camellia is the state flower? Oh, I'm almost positive. You can look it up, my friend. Uh, it is taking place in Montgomery, Alabama, so it would make oh, some okay. sort of sense. So this is a game between Arkansas State and Middle Tennessee State University. Arkansas State is a three-point favorite. Middle Tennessee, if you look at it on a map, I was looking to see how close to the middle it is. It is literally right in the middle. Hmm. If you didn't know where it was and you're, somebody just said, put a push pin in Middle Tennessee, uh, you would put it probably no further than 10 miles from Middle Tennessee State University. So it was appropriately named. I'm talking about the geography a lot because mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about them. Yeah. Um, but Arkansas State, I know a little bit about. I think this could be a good game. Arkansas State secondary uh, has been kind of a dominant force against uh, the past this season. Up until their safety, uh, Robert Franklin tore his ADL uh, a few weeks ago. Um, he was actually at the gas station, I'm assuming driving around in, I don't know, a 2009 Chevy Malibu or something. <laughs> anyway, he was pumping gas, and he tore this ligament, and he's out for the rest of the season. You know what? I don't believe his story at all. I don't know the guy, don't know anything about him, but if you know small southern towns, you know that people hang out and goof off at gas stations. He was probably clowning around, uh -huh. goofing off, tore his ACL. How? I don't know, but... I just don't feel like it's it's credible to tear your ACL. No, it was his ADL. What is an... I don't even know what that is. I, I, I'd never heard of it myself. It still doesn't feel credible. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he, he's not going to be playing this game. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that might give Middle Tennessee a little bit of an edge since the game was... Uh, so closely it was it was a close matchup going into this and i think this just happened and i don't know how much vegas even bothers to move the lines they're like oh somebody bet on this team who cares who cares yeah whatever so um i think it's actually going to be mm, middle tennessee wins this one in a nail biter 21 to 20 21 to 20 yeah um, i'm gonna take arkansas state barely i really don't know anything about either of these teams Mm -hmm. I read that Arkansas State has a coach, Blake Anderson, who is a coach on the rise. Oh, okay. Gus Malzahn coached at Arkansas State, so maybe it's, you know, one of those schools where you can prove yourself before you go on to better things. Sure. But just based on that, I'm going to take Arkansas State. All right. I think that's a, that's a fair guess because that's all these really are. All right. Now... Our headliner matchup this week, the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Can we discuss what a Cherubundi is? No, I think it's I think is it's a brand. I think it's Cherubundi Tart Cherry. I think that it's like sun-kissed oranges. Hmm. I think it's Cherubundi Tart Cherries. Okay. So they should be paying us for these these mentions. They should, uh, but since they're not. Uh, my least favorite brand of tart cherries has always been Cherubundi. <laughs> so yeah, mine too. <laughs> Screw you guys. Um, I, I I buy the the store brand mm -hmm. or nothing. Uh, so this is a seven p.m. game tonight. It is Akron versus Florida Atlantic University. They are a twenty-two point favorite. Florida Atlantic is, which is absurd. Why did they even bother to match these two teams up? Mm -hmm. um, 
FAU has had a good season with Lane Kiffin at the helm. There's no doubt about it. Um, and Akron is actually most notable for being the team that Penn State's coach compared a win over Pitt to earlier this year. Um, He said that, I know that when Pitt played us last year and beat us, that was like their Super Bowl, but we just beat them this year, and that's just like getting a win over Akron. (laughs) Um, So... So that's that's kind of where they stand. It seems like he was he's just like in the market for a beef. Yeah, <laughs> against right. No, he's trying to generate an in-state rival. I, I think that's <laughs> it's it's just good economics. I mean, it's worked yeah. well for Alabama and Auburn. Um, the people love it. Yeah, no, they really do. Uh, and and Pitt's become kind of um, just known for knocking off right. You know, powerful teams. So I, I think that. Stoking that fire is actually worth his while. Uh, wh- what do you what do you think about this game? Yeah, it is an uneven matchup, and one interesting thing is that Florida Atlantic will actually be playing in their home stadium. Oh, is that right? Yes. I knew they they lived in Boca Raton, but yeah, they will be playing in their home stadium. This is a home game to them. That's so. terrible. Yeah. Um. It's also kind of an interesting game. I know you focus a lot on Alabama football. Yeah. Um, Lane Kiffin, of course, has the Alabama connection. Mm-hmm. Um, Akron's head coach is Terry Bowden, who coached at Auburn for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I think in the early 90s, early to Terry mid-90s. Bowden. That sounds about right. Yeah. I sometimes confuse him with Tommy Tuberville. Terry, yes. Tommy. They're similar names. Plus, I didn't pay attention to football back then. So yeah, and then they all run together. Terry also has his brother, Tommy Bowden, who used to coach at uh, Clemson, I think. It's hard to keep him straight. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, so you are favoring FAU in this matchup? Yes, and I think they will cover the spread. Really? Because, yeah, um, well, basically just because of Lane Kevin's personality. Yeah. You know, he's not one to, to dial it back. I think he, now that he, knowing that this game will get some national coverage, I think he wants to barely show off. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, th- that's fair. I, I don't know. 22 points is a lot of points. I think that maybe the fact that they're actually playing in their home stadium in some ways you could see how it would energize them but at the same time all these kids they didn't get to travel anywhere interesting uh they didn't get to go to orlando or or new orleans you know what i'm just gonna if the kids feel disappointed to stay in boca raton florida then Mm -hmm. they're spoiled i think they are spoiled yes i think that they're going to take their foot off the gas uh, because Lane Kiffin will probably be too busy trolling someone on Twitter or something. Perhaps uh, during the game. <laughs> that's exactly what I suspect. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm going to take Akron with the points. Uh, I would love to Florida see Atlantic. Happen. Florida Atlantic will win. Mm-hmm. I mean, no doubt okay. about it, but uh, not by 22 points. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't have a line on that, but that's, that's fine. All right, let's talk uh, coming up this Wednesday, December 20th. We have the Frisco Bowl. Uh, it's an 8 p.m. game, as I said on Wednesday, between Louisiana Tech and SMU. SMU expected to win by about four and a half points as of this writing. Um, now, do you know where the Frisco Bowl is? Um, 
San Francisco? You would think so. Is there it's, a Frisco, Texas? There is a Frisco, okay. Texas, and that's where this is. Okay. So I wonder how many people on the team are like, yeah, I'm going to California. Going to <laughs> and they get off the plane and... They might know. be more familiar with Frisco, Texas, since they are Louisiana and Yeah, Texas you're right. Teams. You're right. That's true. <laughs> probably none of the SMU kids. They're probably not even getting on a plane. They're just going to drive across the state. Yeah, you know, talk about bad travel uh-huh. for a bowl game. Frisco, Texas... Totally different than New Orleans. There's absolutely no trouble you can get into there. Unless you're hanging out and goofing off at a gas station. <laughs> yeah, right. ADL. Frisco probably has no less than two gas stations. Actually, can we go back to the the Camellia Bowl? Sure, which is the state flower. Yeah, it Alabama. is the state flower. Um, I just, I feel bad mm-hmm. because uh, on this podcast, I really aim to tell the truth and I made up everything. There, there is no player Robert Franklin. There's no ligament called the ADL. You seriously made all of that up? Yeah, I don't know anything about their, their secondary or their pass game. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but I knew that our fans, first of all, wouldn't know enough to call me on it, <laughs> and second of all, um, they don't tune in for our hot takes on on the the Camellia Bowl. True. So, um, well, you fooled me. I mean. <laughs> The ADL thing is something I was unfamiliar with, but I was ready to go with it because... <laughs> Me too. I have only a rudimentary understanding I, of the human body. I, I'd almost convinced myself, mm-hmm. um, and I was certainly going to be very careful the next time I pumped gas, uh, which I still think is um, a good tradition. In any case, uh, we can get back to talking about the Frisco Bowl. Okay. What, what, what do you think is going to happen here? Um, I think it's a tough game for SMU. Um, their coach um, just left for Arkansas, mm-hmm. took an assistant coach with him. Um, so this will be the first game for their new coach, Sonny Dykes, who actually used to coach at Louisiana Tech. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, How long ago? Do you I know? think 2012. Okay. Um, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, so um, it's you know a time of transition for SMU. I think otherwise the teams are pretty evenly matched mm-hmm. and I think with the disarray I think that gives Louisiana Tech a, an advantage also they know this guy Sonny Dyke so I think they can prepare a little bit better maybe maybe uh, I, I think I still like SMU so what's what's your final line I'll take Louisiana Tech by seven okay I think SMU wins I think that they win by ten 10. Let's say 24-14. How about that? All right. Uh, Thursday. I think the last game we'll preview here. The Thursday, December 21st, Bad Boys Mowers Bowl. <laughs> the Gasparilla Bowl. All right. This is an 8 p.m. game on Thursday. So cancel your plans because FIU is playing Temple. And I actually know where this bowl game is taking place. It is in, in lovely... Gasparilla, Texas. No, it's in lovely Tampa, Florida, oh. from what I understand. Oh, the Gasparilla of Florida. Maybe I, I looked it up earlier. It seemed like it was in Tampa. Um, good time to be in Tampa. They actually had a serial killer who was arrested a month ago. So, <laughs> good. you know, so, if you're visiting Tampa, there's, the Clearwater area, you know. There's one fewer serial killer down there. Yes. D- full disclosure, I am from Clearwater. I was born there. Um, uh, I'm going to say I'm not a serial killer, but of course, 
That's what I say on oh, yeah, every I mean, podcast I'm on. They've apprehended the serial killer, and it wasn't you. Uh, well, yeah, I know, but it's Clearwater, <laughs> so there's probably a lot of them. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So you have FIU, which is Florida International, International University. University. I don't really know too much about the team, but just based off of the school name, it doesn't seem like it would be, you know, like super football-centric. You know? No. No, you're right. And yet, they're bowl eligible, which is not something we can say for all of the teams in Florida. All right. They're playing Temple, so this is a nice little vacation for Temple, way down south to Florida. Temple's uh, favored by seven and a half points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who do you think is going to come out on top? I think FIU will, solely based on the fact that they have a sibling duo on the team. Wow. Are they yes. twins? No. Okay. It's so they a, don't have the twin thing it's going a on. It's younger and an older brother, but they connect with each other 70 to 80 times per game. Okay. Connect in what way? You know, hand off to each other. Okay. Yeah. So one of 70 the to 80 times? The only way that's one is a center, the other is a quarterback. Oh. So snapping okay. the ball. Who, the which young, one's which? The older brother is the quarterback. Okay. And the younger brother is the center, which makes me wonder if the younger brother was had, you know, just to like give, back, <laughs> give extra playing time, you yeah, know. Maybe. I feel like, you know, if your brother is a quarterback and you're the center, like you're pretty much just existing yeah. for your brother's success. Yeah, that's it. But anyway, I think it's a great story, and I think great stories should count for something. I agree. That's uh, that'll come into play when we talk about the Bahamas Bowl next week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you think he'll still continue to be the center after his brother graduates? Yeah, I think so. Um, from what I understand, he is only playing this year due to injuries, but it's his brother's senior year, so he is hell bent on sending his brother off in victory. Okay. All right, uh, then I'm going to agree with you. I think FIU wins uh, outright, not mm-hmm. just with the points. Uh, let's call this uh, 34-28. Okay, um, I'll go 28-21. Okay, I think that's dynamite. We can see if we're right, and maybe by the end of this podcast we'll have an even better idea of where we are with that North Texas game. Uh so, let's talk before we sign off for the day about the coaching carousel. So, it's slowed down. A lot of people found their seats. I don't know. Maybe the coaching carousel is actually musical chairs. So, uh, Butch Jones, of course, had the chair pulled out from him. And Tennessee has been, I don't know, playing some sort of cacophonous symphony ever mm-hmm. since he left. And uh, nobody's really agreed to dance to it. Or whatever. I can't drink draw this analogy out any further. But they ended up with Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt, the defensive coordinator from Alabama. This marks the third year in a row where uh, a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator has been snatched away from Alabama uh, in the postseason. Yes. <laughs> okay. How, how do you think that's going to affect them? Now, again... Disclosure. You're an Alabama fan, right, Adam? Yes, I am. That's the only reason you got on this show. Right. I just went out into the street with my Alabama t-shirt on until somebody said Roll Tide and I grabbed you and I pulled you up here. Jason, you and I know that we have years of friendship behind us. All right. Which I think was the deciding factor. Sure. And I I don't want to ask how many other people you approached to host this program before you came to me. 
Because I don't want to know the number. Okay. Tell me. Tell me about Jeremy Pruitt's impact on this game. Uh, or his, his... I don't know. So he's, he's apparently going to play at least through the first game, mm-hmm. we know. Uh, I, I don't think he lacks all of the maturity that Lane Kiffin seemed yes. to. <laughs> Things might be a little bit better there. But do you think him getting hired by a rival, actually, mm-hmm. which was not true of Lane Kiffin, is going to impact his performance here? Yeah, I think it'll definitely play a role. I think it's a lot different than Lane Kiffin last year, just mm-hmm. because... Lane Kiffin they're, was they're... last year or the year before? It was last year. It was last year, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there is... Kirby Smart, Smart was a year before. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's... Obviously, everybody is a very different person than Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin. Sure. And it seemed like there was tension with Lane Kiffin well before he left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Jeremy Pruitt has financial incentives for Alabama to do well in the postseason. But at the same time, he's leaving this job and he probably wants to devote all of his time to recruiting. So I'm right. not sure if he's... Like nearly as invested as he would be otherwise, mm-hmm. if this was the only thing on his horizon. So I think it will hurt Alabama. Their defense hasn't been as strong this year as it has been in the past to begin with. Um, so I think it'll it'll play a role. Um, and another thing about this hire, I mean, how many of Nick Saban's disciples are coaching in the SEC now? I, Is I there a know. single school that doesn't have one? <laughs> I mean, on some level, there's probably one, right? Um, I don't know. It's, it is crazy. And it, it looks like maybe Kirby Smart is the only one that seems to be doing well right about now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little worried about them stealing him away. I, I think from what I've read online, nobody was overall impressed with this hire. Um I think he's done okay for Alabama, but uh, Tennessee was scrambling a bit at the end after, I don't know, their top 25 uh, picks fell through. I think he's a good hire. Tennessee's a historic program, so Mm -hmm. you would think maybe they could get somebody a little bit higher caliber, but at the same time, nobody wants a job. So I think because of that, he's a good good fit for them. question him taking the job because I feel like if he waited around a couple of years he could probably find a better job yeah yeah you think so okay maybe um all right well we'll see I think Tennessee fans were relieved um they certainly didn't go to Twitter to to insult the man's character as they've been known to do all right let's talk Arkansas Arkansas of course getting rid of uh Brett Billima Mm-hmm. And they ended up with Chad Morris. Yes. Chad Morris coming from? SMU. SMU. So what do you think about this? I think people were pretty happy with this, or reasonably so. I mean, they were looking to get Gus Malzahn. Mm-hmm. Gus Malzahn wins the Iron Bowl, gets a new contract, and mm-hmm. he stays put. So they ended up with Chad Morris, who was not coming from a Power 5 school, but I think, all things considered, was not a, not a bad hire, is my understanding. Okay. No, it seems like a good hire to me. Um, he's only been coaching at SMU, I think, for a few years. Before that, he was an um, 
OC at Clemson. He was actually mm-hmm. one of the highest paid assistant coaches. Oh. I think he was tied with Gus Malzahn for the, the highest paid. Um, so in his few years at SMU, he, I think, took them from like a 2-10 and 10 team to 9-3, oh, okay. 10-4. All right. Well, we'll see. It's SEC football, which is a different beast than it has been in years past. But um, maybe he'll, he'll restore the Razorbacks to their former glory. Right. <laughs> you mean... I mean, essentially, Brett Bielma has kind of overseen the destruction of that team <laughs> because I think the year before um, he started, I think they only had two or three losses, and then they've been abysmal. Yeah, yeah. The last few years. All right. I think anything's an improvement over Brett Bielma. Yeah, it, it's hard to see how that wouldn't be the case, but uh, there is further to fall. We know that um, they could be Tennessee. So, uh, next, let's talk about Oregon. We've alluded to it. Willie Taggart left for FSU. We knew that last time we broadcast, but we didn't know who Oregon was going to end up with. They ended up with a Mario Crystal, Crystal Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario BCS Trophy. So, this he was, what, an offensive coordinator there already? Or defensive? Or he was, he was already on staff there. Yes. And they, they bumped him up. Right. And they said... All right, it's your team now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you think that if this this spot had opened up a few weeks earlier, uh, there's any chance that Chip Kelly would have come back? Oh, that would have been interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen that happen before, where yeah. someone leaves a school and then comes back. I'm sure they would have welcomed him with open arms. Yeah. Um, that would have been interesting to see. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really see it as happening. I mean, he has nothing left to prove there. They they love him uh, already. So what would really be the benefit of him going back? Um, yeah, but UCLA is now going to play at Oregon, mm-hmm. and they, they have to confront Mario Cristobal. So. Yes, who does have an Alabama connection. He was what? an assistant head coach, oversaw the line from 2013 to 2016. Under, in the Nick Saban era. Yes, okay. before he went to Oregon to be co-offensive coordinator. All right, so he's he was at Alabama during two national championship years. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. 2013. Oh, he probably came in for fall of 2013, so maybe not. Okay. So that's all of the coaching news I have. Did we have other teams we want to discuss? No, I don't think so. Did you have other things you wanted to discuss? So much, but I know that there are time restrictions. I know that not all of your your viewer, your listeners have their entire day to devote. No, most of them to do. Our rattle. That's that's the only reason they they found us to begin with. You have to dig so deep to find this podcast that unless you have basically twenty three free hours a day, mm-hmm. you probably never will. So they have nothing to do than to listen to your inane ramblings. Okay. Well, I mean. If- <laughs> If that's true, then yeah, I'll, I'll take the bait. Right. Um, I, I've been following the career of Jesse Palmer. Who's that? Pretty closely recently. He's a, a college football commentator. He uh, actually played for Florida in the late 90s. Um, he actually shared the quarterback role with a couple of other people. 
Okay. Um, yeah, not not just a dual quarterback system. I think they had three at the time. The that other sounds two, awful. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it didn't work out. <laughs> um, like lots to, of things at Florida this yeah. year, or recently. Yeah. Went on to play in the Canadian Football League, um, but now commentates on... Uh, on games. So so what makes him so interesting to follow? Well, he seems to be doing a lot of commentating outside of football. Um, okay. He was just hired by the Daily Mail. Okay. Um, yeah, he does like kind of an internet news show for the Daily Mail, which if you're familiar with the Daily Mail is like all celebrity gossip essentially yeah. and strange news stories. He's also hosting a show on the Food Network, Holiday Baking Championship. And he seems very unnatural doing that. Okay. Are, are you are you talking about him because you are segueing into having used this show as a stepping stone to your own broader bo- broadcasting career? Yes. Uh, I, I, I saw you taking emails earlier in the show. Did someone make you an offer because of your performance here? The show hasn't aired yet, and you and I both know that. Oh, We're just recording it. But if anyone listening is an agent's agent or works at a talent agency... yeah. Um, Your dance card's open. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, maybe you can replace Jesse Palmer and his myriad hosting yeah. responsibilities since I guess uh, in your estimation, at least one of them, he's not doing very well. And No. He doesn't seem to know his baked goods very well. <laughs> ah, who does? Okay. I don't have anything left to discuss, but I wanted to extend my sincere thank you for joining us this week mark should be back next week uh so that's it for processing college football we will talk next week about all of these bowl games their results as well as some even more exciting ones coming up ahead good night and good luck all right